Hey, Will I Like It listeners, do you like a good cup of coffee, one that's rich, flavorful, and ethically sourced? Then you need to check out Dynasty of Coffee, a Yorkshire-based online coffee business that offers a range of expertly crafted blends. All of their coffee is roasted to order to ensure freshness, and they're committed to nurturing the well-being of both individuals and the planet. Whether you're a fan of a bold, strong coffee or a smooth and mellow one, Dynasty of Coffee has a blend for you. Their four main blends are inspired by different British dynasties, Saxon, Viking, Tudor, and a decaf Hanoverian. So if you're looking for a delicious and ethically sourced cup of coffee, head to dynastyofcoffee.co.uk today and use the code SAXON10, that's SAXON, all capital letters, 10, at checkout for 10% off your first order. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Well I Like It podcast. Today I am at Prehistoric Dorp in the Netherlands and my guests are Marcia and Niels. Um, and I came over to talk to them because they've been doing some historical beer brewing. That's right. Yes, uh, this is our second brew of this weekend. Uh, yesterday we did a, we just tried out. It was just a total experiment. And with what we've learned from yesterday, we're going to retry it uh, today. Well, not yeah. retry it, redo it today. So what happened to yesterday's? Um, well, actually, we did get a brew. Uh, it looked totally different than what you'd uh, uh, brew normally. Uh, yeah. it, it wasn't a nice yellowish moist, but it was a gooey, grayish, sticky stuff. Do so you think it, would that be more like what a historical beer would have been like, though? Or is that just something went wrong? Um, Combination. Yeah. It shouldn't be as sticky, I think, but the color would not have been as nice and clear as we used it now. Yeah, definitely. But then again, you drink it from a mug and not from a glass. You won't so you see can't the difference. See it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there is a thing, I don't know if it's a thing here, but in England there's a sort of revival of like ciders that are cloudy. So <laughs> maybe they had a cloudy beer. We'll see. Possibly, yes. Yeah. It, it perhaps. Uh, I think it also has to do with uh, with the grain uh, we used. We used um, what's the half in English again? Uh, the oats probably the made it more cloudy and sticky, mm -hmm. especially since we don't do any mesh steps, but we just ramp up the temperature to boil. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't help. And then we leave <laughs> the grains in while boiling. No. Yeah. Which also doesn't help. But that's the recipe that we have. So. Mm -hmm. So where's the recipe from that you're using? Um, the recipe is um, from the 1450s, and uh, uh, it's, it's actually it's quite fun. It was uh, accumulated by uh, the University of Ghent, uh, now in Belgium, but back then borders were a bit different, of course. Yeah. Um, it was accumulated by them in, in, in the uh, 18th century. Um, and it was like a manuscript of all kinds of recipes, I think about 500 old recipes, uh, all written in something called uh, Middle Nederlands, Middle Dutch, right. which was the handwriting between 1200 and 1500s. So for a very long time they thought it was a recipe of the 14th century. 
um, and that had uh, I'm not entirely sure anymore why it was. Um, yeah, I can't really explain why that was, but yeah. later on they started actually looking at what the recipe uh, was about, how it was the beer was brewed, and then they figured that because of this characteristics, they could place it in uh, the 15th century, around 1450, because there was a, a may, um, they made use of certain grains uh, that only uh, started to be used around 1400. Okay. And it, the recipe, we use a lot of this grain, it's first. Yeah, uh, in the barley. It, barley. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. use because barley. Because we made beers with uh, just oats, Yeah. because that's what's grown here. Yeah. And uh, barley was introduced later on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was only yeah. until 1400 we used barley, and the amount of barley suggests that they already knew what to do with barley. Yeah. So they had some experience with it. And also it's on the um, border of starting to using hops instead uh, instead of myrtle for beer to, to conservate it. Yeah. And this recipe uses both. Uh, and that's because of that change was going on. That was That's why it was uh, easier to, to place it, uh, to, to stick a year on it. So is this like the earliest recipe we have for a, a beer from this? From the Netherlands, yes. Yeah. This is the earliest recipe uh, yeah. that's written down. Okay, yeah. And it's, it's fun about it and also got us a lot of migraines. Is, uh, that is very unclear, a very unclear recipe. It doesn't say how much uh, grains we should put in, how much hops, how much uh, myrtle or how much of the, the sourdough. And it just doesn't say it. It just says put it all in a, keg, uh, in a bowl, yeah. put water in it, uh, add everything, stir, cook it and uh, after three days you have beer. So it kind of assumes you know what you're doing. Yes. It, it, roughly. Yeah. Yeah, we, we find that with early food recipes as well. There's a lot of like the earliest English recipes and they just, yeah, they assume a lot. They just yeah. make this or do this. Yeah. yeah, one of the things we discovered yesterday is that they probably have used a filter in some way. Right. Uh, to filter the grain uh, out, out of the beer. Um, and it wasn't in the recipe, so we were not really prepared. I did bring some linen cloth uh, yeah. that we could use as a filter, because when you're home brewing, um, you, you you filter your beer as well. So I was like, okay, what would be suitable for this age? Probably linen cloth. I can bring that. I've got plenty. Yeah. So in the end, we we decided to add the step to filter it through the uh, linen cloth. Yeah. I wonder if they would have used any like finings. Do you know what I mean by finings? Where they add like um, uh. these days people use like clay and stuff, don't they, to yeah. to drop all the sediment out. Yeah, but yep. that's the thing we don't know if there's ingredients missing or process steps or yeah, yeah. exactly. We just stuck to the minimum and I just to see what you get. Possible, yeah. yeah, where it's needed only. So this is a second attempt. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Whatever for yes. brewing. Ever. Yeah. This beer ever. Yes. So have you, have you done brewing before this, or was this your first? Not this way. Yeah. Not this way. Home brewing, <laughs> no. yes. Well, actually this way, like with a kettle yeah. on fire, but in the kitchen. Yeah. Which is a bit more controlled. <laughs> um, plus, you don't boil the grains nowadays. You filter them out before boiling it and putting in the hops. But yeah. that step is also not included in the recipe. So yeah. we don't know if they did. Mm -hmm. So now we're boiling the grains. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you said, so this is the sort of earliest known use of hops as well. 
that people start to... Um, well, in a recipe, yes. Yeah. Um, I do know that um, most people who talk about the history of beer are quite arbitrary about the use of hops. But this is about the common use of hops. Hops yeah. has been used, especially uh, in Eastern Europe. Yeah. It has been used for far longer. Mm. And um, it, it, we know that it has been used on specific locations where it was uh, abundant. Yeah. Uh, but here it didn't grow yet. Uh, and, and when it actually, I think it came. Um, no, I, I think it came from Germany when it started to become more popular in, in Germany. It also came yeah. to this region, that would make sense. the north of the country. Uh, uh, it, it, it was a different route. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it, we do know it, hops has been used for far longer. Um, but here they had this mixture of uh, myrtle, um, uh, certain, uh, we call it gin berries, I think. Never best, right? Um, and some other herbs. What was growing near? They made this uh, gooey, sugary uh, syrup, and they added it to the uh, beer for conservation, but also for the for the yeast. Um, yeah. The, um, I'm sorry, I'm lacking the vocabulary here. But they also and they just added it after the brew, and then it started fermenting in well get alcohol and uh, uh, become drinkable. Yeah. So is this, this quite a low strength beer? Because I'm presuming you're not using sugar? No, we're not using sugar. we're pre-sugar here, aren't we? So there's no other sweeteners, you don't use honey or anything like that? No, but we're taking the sugars from the grains, like yeah. normal brewing. Yeah. The problem is, again, with the recipe, it only says equal parts of two grains, but yeah. not the amount. So we can make it as strong or weak as we want. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, and now we also don't know what the efficiency will be yeah. uh, of this extracting the sugars. So yeah. we're guessing that it will be about 4% as a starting point. Mm -hmm. If it turns out a bit lower or a bit higher, it's still fine for us. But as a <laughs> reference. Are you still going to use like a modern technique, like a gravity check? Uh, to we try <laughs> to yeah. measure the gravity yeah. just for the experiment. Yep. Uh, but it was so sticky and gooey that we <laughs> couldn't measure gravity. Okay. We wouldn't sink yeah. in. So we have yeah. no clue. Mm. So it's just yeah. going to be drink it and see. Yes. <laughs> see if we get drunk. Try from experience to guess yeah. what percentage of it contains. Yeah. That'll be fun. It's, yes, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So I guess you don't know how long it's going to take to ferment or anything. You're just going to wait to. Recipe said after three days you can drink the beer. Yeah. So we're oh. going to try it after three days. Yes. Yeah. And on then Wednesday. We will see if it evolves or not. But we're going to try after three days. It's a shame no I'll be gone by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'd have loved to have you here. Yeah. Yep. What we uh, did when we um, we had this recipe, which is quite vague, so together we sat together and uh, with his knowledge from general knowledge from brewing, uh, from home brewing, and my knowledge of stuff we have here. Yeah. Uh, we tried to work out the whole way of working. Yeah. Um, and what is quite nice is that um, there was this uh, beer historian. Uh, who sent an email to Yvonne, who is actually living here for a couple of months, and said, if you're going to brew beer, yeah. I'll be interested to be involved. And this is a man with a lot of knowledge about uh, history of beer in the Netherlands. Yeah. So he actually, uh, she told him about us, and he came to us, uh, and we discussed our whole process, and he gave us all a lot of feedback mm. um, in order to get closer to the real medieval way of brewing. Yeah. And uh, one of the differences is um, 
normally we only crush the grains um, so the the, uh, the sugars can go out but back then they probably just brought it to the mill uh, and milled it uh, until they they had a meal is that uh, the yeah. right flour yeah uh, and then they put that in the uh, in their brewing um, in their beer instead of the, the the grains here this is a bit more into one piece but they actually made it more uh, into flour I'd imagine that would make for a cloudier brew though Once the more you break yeah. it down it's the, yeah, yeah. Yep. it does yeah it's gonna make it more difficult yeah yeah and so, so yeast-wise you were saying it was a sourdough yes both both uh, okay. sourdough and yeast okay yeah. no, we are yeast plus sourdough yeah because yeah. it mentions two sorts of yeast uh, in the recipe and mm -hmm. yeah we discussed that probably it's a sourdough and uh, we are yeast Mm -hmm. So we're going to use both. Yeah, which would be more like, is it the Russian beer? Is it Kvass, I think? Which is... Yeah, but that's very low alcohol, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I'm sure I tried to make it a long time ago and it wasn't particularly pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> which is, I'm trying to remember how I did it. I think it was like slices of bread rather than grains. If I, I remember right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think, think With so. this recipe, yeah. we're going to add some of the bread as well. Um, we're going to add, we asked Yvonne, who's, uh, as I said, living uh, in a medieval way, way. The recipe mentions that you have to put in bread. Not how much, not what kind of bread, you just have to put in bread. So we asked mm. her um, to, to keep the leftover bread that went stale so we can add it to the beer. Just to get us close to the medieval way, because she's baking it the medieval, uh, just to, I think, yeah. uh, 14th century bread. And that's yeah. uh, the closest we can get. Um, and about the, um, the added yeast, that is actually a yeast from a former brew. They just reused it, but it was quite new at that time that they started using, uh, reusing that yeast. They didn't discover it uh, yet. Yeah. As far as we know, they always uh, they just let it uh, made use of wild uh, yeasting um, prior to that. But so that's what I heard. I'm not entirely yeah. certain. Maybe I think sort of, yeah, from like Viking Age stuff, yeah, I, I gather like that at least the um, bread was the same kind of yeast as what was used in beer. Yep. But which way around that they got that? Because they'd have to know that you add flour to the dead yeast to reactivate it. I, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. thought process as to how they got there. Yeah. Um, which way around. Yeah. yeah. Did they start making beer because they were making bread? Or yeah. bread because they are making beer? <laughs> that's a good question yeah it's yeah. like chicken and egg <laughs> yeah it's, it's like chicken and egg you yeah. can do both yeah uh, but presumably i mean because even if you have a sourdough that is wild yeast isn't it so that's yeah. that is so they have they've worked out they can capture yeast somehow in the brew yep or at least they know something happens maybe not knowing that there was yeast involved yeah, they probably don't understand the science behind it but you drink the liquor and go oh hang on yeah, that's <laughs> pretty nice, nice. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's probably how it went with wines and ciders as well, that they figured, hey, this fruit gets me nice drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at the time, would this sort of thing have been done on a household scale, or is this something more commercial? Um, it, was, uh, it was a household chore uh, for women. Um, mm. Until it became an industry, it was a, a women's household task. But uh, we, because it's an experiment, we decided to use a smaller kettle, actually. This okay. is uh, for approximately 
It's a 20 liter kettle and uh, for seven liters of beer. Yeah. Um, but normally they would have used a 100 liter or 200 liter kettle and would have brewed for their own family, but also for like the neighbors and the neighbors of the neighbors. Then a couple of families could have beer for two, three weeks. Okay. And it's because it, it, it takes a, a day of brewing where, of course, you can do some other household share, uh, chores, but it does take a lot of time and work uh, to do. Yeah. So they would uh, cooperate with several families to do it. And of course, you've got to think of the fuel as well. Like if you've got a fire going all yeah. day, like we buy firewood now, but yeah. they would have had to have gone and felled trees and seasoned wood. Uh, exactly. Well, the, yeah. um, they did it on... Uh, Surf, which um, is, is found a lot uh, in the ground here in the Netherlands. It's like, yeah, find it. it it's the layer of when, when, when plants die, yeah. then it gets some sort of gooey clay stuff. And if it's really dry, then it burns really long and really well. Is that like peat? Yeah, it's like peat. I think peat, yeah. yes. Peat's yeah. the right word. They, they did it uh, fire with peat. Yeah. Um, okay. But still, that's expensive, and uh, yeah, resources. Uh, uh, they they were yeah. Uh, so yeah, probably a bigger yeah. scale. Yeah. But for the first experiment, we want to try. You need to start small. on a small batch and see what happens. And if it's good, yeah, you can scale up. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It's looking quite milky at the moment, isn't it? It's got like it does. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I uh, yeah. uh, I told him uh, we had a commercial uh, for milk called uh, Milk the White Engine, and it's uh, <laughs> that's but we're happy with it. Because yeah, I know which color it will turn yeah. into. Can I get the spoon and maybe and, uh, to stir it a little bit mm, to see yeah. what's uh, yeah. happening? So yeah. you say your background was more the home brewing yeah, stuff? Yeah, I'm the home brewer and she's yeah. brewer. How long have you been home brewing? Uh, five years now. Five years, yeah. yeah. Is that mainly beers or do you do other? Only beers. Only so beers. Far, yes. yeah. yeah. I've experimented for about 20 years with brewing. Don't do much with whole grain. I tend to buy malt extract, which is ah, okay. no, I, skips I, a step. That was the, the yeah. first beers for me, but then yeah. I have whole grain now. And you have more control, don't you, over your overall flavours? Yeah. 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 And for recipes, it's yeah. easy if you buy big bags of whole grain. I imagine cheaper too. Uh, might be, yeah. yeah. But you have I would an extra think so. step for yourself with the milling. Yeah. And then the, the labour and the wood and watching it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've made all sorts of horrible things over the evening. Because you're growing vegetables, <laughs> and so you start to look at the vegetable garden. What can I ferment? And I have a book called, um, I think it's called How to Ferment Your Garden. And it's like from the 60s or 70s. And it's got everything in there. And the worst one was celery. Celery? Celery wine. Which oh. taste, it just tasted like There's no herbs celery. in there at all. No, no sugars or... You there... add sugar as well. Oh. Yeah. So it's, just, it's more modern brewing than this. But... Um, it just tastes like alcoholic celery. That's, so it was fine for cooking with, but for drinking, <laughs> no. wasn't the best. No. It's like you're having a vegetable soup beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, great. I did a, a throw in, I'm a, I, I do some home brewing, not, not by far as much as Niels, but yeah. I once um, 
I was in the Dutch Caribbean. I got some relatives there and um, I saw they were making this liquor with a so-called kadushi, which is a, cacti a cactus right. that grows there a lot. Yeah. And uh, I saw them uh, making a liquor out of it and I was like, hey, I can put that in my beer. So I told it to my uncle up there and he said, oh, you know what? I'm just going to get some from my garden. And he just gave me two pieces of yeah. this kadushi. So I could take it home in a plane. I went home and then I went to make a home brew with it and yeah. I put it in there. And uh, uh, it, it, it wasn't, it didn't end up how I wanted it, but it was a really nice beer. It was very uh, dry and cider-like actually. Yeah. It, was, yeah, it ended up uh, rather nice. And that was, uh, <laughs> I'm more the one for, uh, Niels is the one who is in controlled beer brewing and I'm more for the wild experiments. Yeah. That's why I, told, why I told him, we're going to throw beer in the museum. It's yeah. <laughs> fun. <laughs> no, it's a fun experiment. It's something that I've, as I say, I've not really done much with grains anyway, but I think you've kind of inspired me. I need to, to go yeah. home and, and try it. Yeah. Particularly in a more historic... I'd like the idea of like when they used to dip the hot rocks in as well. Yeah, that's and something try. I will still want to do. Which I guess yeah. probably uses less energy, like wood-wise, if you're dropping yeah. hot rocks in which probably a way around not sort of using your resources too much. Yeah, you use yeah. more fire to heat up your rocks and eat. Yeah. Um, It'd be interesting to make the same recipe twice and do one with hot rocks and one with fire and see whether you get yeah. the same result. That, that's an interesting mm. uh, experiment, yeah. Mm. The idea that it also caramelizes the... Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Really intensely. You get yeah. the sweet flavors in there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I was, um, last year um, I wanted to do that with a couple of friends, but uh, it was in August and due to the heat, uh, there was a big heat wave, we were not allowed to make fire. Yeah, we had the same problem yeah, last year. So yeah, so we were supposed to do it, but it didn't happen. We did brew on, <laughs> we brew on gas actually, on a, yeah. just in a yeah. kitchen tent. If it works, it works. Yeah, it did it's, work. Yeah. Uh, the, the beer wasn't too good, but it was beer. It had alcohol. And I mean, that's what we aim here. I mean, we're trying out this recipe, which is great fun. I mean, mm. it's, it's, I feel like a, a child in a, in a kitchen. You can just yeah. try out weird stuff. And if it's going to be drinkable, that's then I'm totally happy. It, it doesn't have to be nice. It has to be drinkable. Well, it should be like they had back then, but yeah. we don't know how it was. So yeah. If it might taste bad to you, but yeah, exactly. that might be what it tasted like. Yeah, that's yeah. Like what they are aiming yeah. for. Yeah, we have the same problem with any food that we're recreating, don't we? It's yeah. We don't know whether they just enjoyed it that way or did they drink it just to get drunk? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, yeah. about uh, the beer, um, we do think, uh, because it's uh, uh, crossing from the use of myrtle, uh, of the use of... Uh, um, Myrtle to hop, that they still added the myrtle because of the flavor. Because uh, yeah. myrtle has really a strong aroma. It, it's very uh, herbal, mm. and it's actually quite a nice smell. Um, so we do think that they still kept adding it uh, because they like that smell, and hops is quite bitter. Yeah. So that's we do know that um, they did like more herbal food and drinks than we are used to uh, yeah. right now. The Dutch cuisine is nowadays is quite bland. Mm. Um, we do have a lot of influences uh, from all over Europe. 
yeah. and uh, also from yeah former Dutch colonies. But uh, uh, yeah, the general kitchen is just potatoes and uh, a little bit of meat and some vegetables and not too much uh, herbs. Yeah, I mean, I think that's spices. probably the same across most cultures, isn't it? It's kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the, the Middle Eastern uh, kitchen is quite uh, spicy. Mm. Uh, they use a lot more spices. Um, and, uh, well, the former Dutch Indies used a lot of local spices. We added a lot of flavor to foods. Yeah. So that... Um, so the hops themselves, would they have been something that had to be imported from somewhere else? The hops? Yeah. They could they grow were growing, here. They, yeah, because I noticed you've got lots of hops growing yeah, around. There's some here, yeah, 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 there's some up over by the longhouse. But it's were they naturally here and they just didn't know about them? Or did they bring them in deliberately? Um, I don't, I'm not sure if no. uh, whether they did. Um, I, I do know that from it came from Eastern Europe through Germany uh, mm. to the south of the Netherlands. Mm. Um, and I'm sure if they got the hops here, they should have started growing it here. Yeah. They probably did. Um, but I, I, I do know they had... Um, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the mixture they used. Um, mm, there was a pretty big industry of the mixture they used for the uh, beer. Hoe heet het nou? Nee, niet kruid. Kruid. The 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 so-called kruid, the mixture that with the myrtle and the Geneva gin berries yeah. and um, that was a big industry here. Yeah. And later on, when hops became more uh, more popular, they started selling hops. Mm. Um, and if it's growing here, it's growing here quite easily uh, with mm. our climate also back then. Um, I can't imagine they didn't grow it here. Um, and I do know that in, in this region, um, there's at this moment still hops being grown. Mm. Uh, but I'm not sure if it's been growing from the 14th century until now. Yeah. yeah. If it was already here, they might have already included it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So maybe it moved with the using it, bringing it here to mm. grow. Mm -hmm. I do know that for industrial beers, um, in the breweries they were prescribed what mix of herbs they were supposed to use and how much uh, of which uh, grain they are to, were to use for their beers and it was because um, the so-called uh, kruid um, was used um, uh, it, it was a way of taxing people okay. if a lord uh, uh, wanted to, to um, bestow one of his uh, fellow lords or friends or uh, uh, maybe an abbey, they got the Grautrecht, the, the right to create that stuff and sell yeah. it. And they paid a hefty tax to the lord, of course, And but they also earned a lot of money from it themselves. So it was mm. actually a big favor if you were allowed uh, to create, uh, to, to have a Grauthuis, um, a house being house. Um, mm. So it might as well be that people, uh, breweries were forced to use this um, and that maybe for home brews they already did use hops, but yeah. there's very little known about the home brews. Um, 
it's, it isn't written down because it wasn't text. So. <laughs> <laughs> no reason to write about it. No. Yeah. No. Uh, it's it's kind of funny that the really old papers you see are always about taxes, people having to pay tax to this lord or that person. <laughs> but then without that, yeah. you don't have your recipe to begin with, do you? Yeah. So yeah, not that many people could read and write uh, yeah. back then. So yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine the process changed much either. So even going back even to you know, Viking Age brewing is probably going to be a similar idea, isn't it? Although you're looking at hundreds of years later, I mean, there's mm -hmm. not much to change. Even today, it's still very similar, isn't it? It's yeah, it's still with a pot, uh, yeah. kettle on, on, on heat and heating up the stuff, adding some thing to, something to, to preserve it and adding something to make uh, alcohol from the sugars. Yeah. And you have to something that gets sugar out of it, uh, gets the sugar, that's the grain in the processes. Yeah. Quite similar. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating though, isn't it? Like how far back beer goes and yet we yeah. don't really change anything. Well, I don't know if it's a nice thing. It's effective. So. Yeah, why change it? It's yeah. the old, if it isn't broke. <laughs> why change yeah. a winning team? Mm. No, I think... Yeah. That's what I like also uh, with doing these kind of experiments, but also I'm sewing clothes and it's all very practical and well thought out. And that yeah. when you start with this hobby, uh, like reenactment or living history, yeah. uh, you kind of get to learn that and understand that there were just people like us. They mm. were smart as well and they thought of everything. They just had different tools. So, and but they did make use uh, of what they had and they did it very smartly and that that's what I like so much that all of a sudden you you get it, it's like you you get to understand that they your ancestors were just people as well and smart and I, I think that's fascinating it's it's yeah. uh, you can touch them but you can kind of get to yeah have you a hint idea. of yeah yeah and it's also very comforting that they were just normal people yeah uh, and they liked beer. <laughs> and they like beer. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Are we I am happy though that it's uh, that, uh, <laughs> no longer a woman's task to brew. <laughs> to do the household, I can do other stuff. <laughs> oh, we have a lot more choice now, don't we? I mean, the, the selection you, you guys had yesterday oh, of your, yes, your yes. modern beers, yes. but of yes. all different styles and flavors. And, yes. Uh, yeah, th yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, uh, the beers we had, um, I brought them back from a, a cycling trip to uh, a local brewery, which is from um, a Trappist brewery. Mm. They, until two years ago, they were actually allowed to have the official Trappist uh, logo. Yeah. There's only, I think, 18 breweries in the world that can have that logo, yeah. of that uh, trademark. And that just uh, tells us that it's the brewing process has been overseen by monks mm. uh, from uh, an order. Yeah. However, the last two monks um, overseeing the brewing process left the brewery to uh, about two years ago, two or three years ago. So there can no longer be an official Trappist, but their mm. beers are still very good. <laughs> <laughs> and still brewed in the same style. Yeah, yeah it's, like it's it's just the same beer. Experience. Yep. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. What we know is that uh, um, 
the the monks have been there for like the 16th or 17th century so uh, i'm not sure if they have always been brewing i do think so but uh um I not sure imagine if it's so. Yeah, they, they yeah. would. Have. It was a. It's an abbey that's quite far away from uh, other villages, other areas. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't easy to reach, and these uh, monks got there to live in solitude. Mm. So they probably didn't have that much contact with the outer world, outside world. Mm. So and w uh, it's a yearly tradition uh, to at least go there once a year by on bike, have a beer there, and yeah. then go back home and. Well, they they have this little store where you can buy a few beers and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I brought some Abbey beers. Uh, as I said yesterday, um, we are here in Eindhoven on a perfect spot uh, because the German border is near. We can get good beers from Germany. We we can get the the best traditional beers from Belgium, uh, uh, and we can get the best experimental beers from the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, so you've got a good mix of. Yeah, of we're stars. in a really good spot here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll do um, the same questions I ask every guest. There are six in total. So the first yeah. question is: If you had an unlimited budget, what would be your dream project? Uh, <laughs> I would buy the prehistoric village. <laughs> <laughs> this particular one? Uh, well... Or start your own? Maybe start my own, but then again, this place and the people have stolen my heart. So yeah. maybe I would just give uh, uh, the management unlimited money to build it and make it as cool as we can and just make me a housey in here so I can live a medieval life or try out my all my weird experiments. <laughs> I gather the site's being extended soon, isn't it? Because you've got land that way, I was told yesterday. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's going to get a lot bigger. It's yeah. going to be twice the size, yeah. yes. Well, and with your unlimited budget, that's <laughs> Yeah, you, you can like triple or quadruple it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not sure if I would like to live uh, medieval way entirely but I would like to be spend my days on experimenting uh, I really like that I also want to make strong drinks uh, uh, I there's all kinds of foods that I want to try out I, I I would be creating weird stuff yeah the rest of my life yeah and Neil I would go for a brew pub because I like both <laughs> the brewing and also to serving it to people to, yeah to make them happy with about it and then I can brew more because I can spread the beer and yeah. be experimental with different styles and, and with unlimited budget you can just try and it's always good. It's a good answer. Yeah. So next question kind of ties into something you were just saying is do you think you could survive on a Viking Age diet? On a Viking Age diet? Yes. They can, then why not? I think I could definitely, especially yeah. because uh, <laughs> I have allergies uh, uh, that would place would be much better for me to have a, uh, at least a medieval diet. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, allergic uh, uh, to to nightshades, which uh, potatoes and tomatoes, yeah. and they didn't yeah. use it in the medieval era. I think I could yeah. survive on it. Uh, I'm not sure if I would really like it. Yeah. Because we have a much broader diet these days, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next question is, is there anything that you would miss if you were living on a Viking Edge diet? I was diet? thinking about it. I think yeah. the coffee in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but 
you can get used to it, but that would be the first noticeable uh, thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm. but for the rest, I don't know. I don't the think diet or anything. the lifestyle? Diet. Just diet. Just around oh. the diet. Yeah. So any food or drink. Mm. It's almost like something that you can't live without. But they wouldn't have cheese, had cheese, maybe. But they, they didn't have cheese. cheese. But but maybe not the same varieties yeah. and. No, but I'm not yeah. picky on that. Uh, that they had beer. Yeah. <laughs> they had cheese. They had bread. I think I'd be quite a happy camper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the ba the things that I really like are there. I wouldn't yeah. miss sweets after some time. Mm. They, of course, they did have some sweets, they had fruits and stuff, but no, I yeah. think I could live with it. Yeah. yeah, no chocolate, I could live with that too. Yeah, I'd just be more grumpy some days a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's all. Yeah. Was for. yeah, yeah, it comes down to I've said this to people before is it, it depends how you interpret the question, too. Because is it that you're you now and you're aware of chocolate and coffee and things, or are you, yeah, a historical person? If you, grow up like you, that, that you wouldn't, sure. yeah because they won't be yeah. complaining about stuff they don't know about. Yeah, but for mm. the sakes of the question, it kind of assumes that there's something that you can't live without. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. But the the things I wouldn't want to live without are still in the Viking diet. Okay. So that that's... That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think when you're a reenactor as well, because you spend so much time eating the historical sort of type food, you're kind of used to it. Like we spend yeah. most weekends eating Viking food. So like, Oh, well, that's the thing. I've um, been served quite a few dishes uh, that are medieval, also uh, more prehistoric, and it's all delicious. It's there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. really nice, actually. So yeah, I think I could uh, definitely survive, and there's nothing I would not be able to live without. Awesome. What's the worst thing you've ever eaten? For like like food, um, the most disgusting thing were maggots. Ooh. Why were you eating maggots? <laughs> you can actually fry them. Yeah. Uh, yes, you can fry maggots and uh, add a little bit of spices to it, and the flavor is bad. It's just the idea what you're eating. Yeah. This, oh, the, the the really worst thing I ate was the head of a, a spring pan, a grasshopper, oh. a dried yeah. head of a he grasshopper. It was a, a, a dare. Okay. And if it, I just, if you say, do you dare to do this? Yes, I dare anything. So <laughs> I did it. <laughs> and it was disgusting. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, I, I don't think anything that tastes bad, at least I can't recall anything. Yeah. But um, because it was quite recent last year, um, yeah. it was snails. But then, like picking them out with a stick, yeah. and then you have to pull them, and uh, it's like they're struggling, like <laughs> holding on, yeah. and then, like gooey and uh, sticking in your mouth. That that was um, just the experience, not the taste, because they're flavored nice if they're yeah. salt. Yeah. But the experience of trying to pull, uh, and uh, drinking pulque uh, in Mexico, hmm. it's. Um, it's like the beer looked yesterday, but it's very sticky. It's uh, fermented uh, agave, okay. but it looks like snot. So you have a cup full of snot Ooh. and you have to drink it. It also has chunks and stuff. Oh. <laughs> it, it, the flavor is nice again, but experience is mm. uh, it's a hurdle. Yeah, yeah, I find that, yeah, it's textures rather yeah, than flavors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes 
makes sense. Otherwise, it wouldn't be food, is it? Yeah. Dave's discussing it. Okay, so next question is what's the most memorable meal you've ever had? Mm. Again, tricky. Thinking back the whole history of. Uh, so your whole life. life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think um, the most memorable meal um, was when I was I was traveling with, with my father. Father, I was making um, a trip through an island of uh, Indonesia, yeah. where my relatives, my grandparents, had lived, and we were traveling from one place to the other. And I'd been quite sick, um, and at this tiny shack away restaurant uh, um, we were supposed to have lunch and it was just like a shack with a curtain and it didn't look like a, like a restaurant but our driver said no you can eat here so we went there yeah. they had this huge kettle they were stirring and it was chicken soup and there was things in there maybe all parts of the chicken were in there yeah and it was the best soup I ever had it was so flavorful, it was so delicious that mm. I asked for seconds. And if you'd normally had given it to me with all the, yeah, like like the paws and the, I, I don't know what all was in there, all kinds of parts of animals we don't add to our soup, but it, these days I would find it disgusting, but it was the best soup I ever had. It was so delicious. I never had any better. Yeah. That's so, yeah, that is still, that's this thing that, Immediately came to my mind. Mm. Tricky. There's a lot of good meals. Um, yeah. Most memorable, I think, a Georgian sukkah. I don't know if you've heard about it. I don't think so. Okay. No. Well, Georgian yeah. food in general is amazing. Yeah. It's really tasty. Yeah. Um, sukkah is just big table full of people and yeah. then, uh, like well, all the dishes and they have amazing wines. Yeah. Uh, also some stronger drinks uh, and yeah just the experience of eating with a group is always nice yeah and the Georgian food it's uh, it makes yeah. it a complete yeah. experience so that's for sure yeah awesome there's one more question might come as a surprise but you've died your family oh. and friends are preparing your grave goods what food and drink are you taking to the feast in Valhalla <laughs> Beer. <laughs> <laughs> this one? Uh, we don't know yet because we haven't tried it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll just pretend. We'll just bring yeah. the kettle with this us. One? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just all the ingredients and you can set up brewery in Valhalla. Oh, even better. Oh. You can make yeah. your own. Oh, yeah. great. Heavenly beer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, what else? <laughs> Because it's like, can you survive on the Viking diet? There's nothing that I would, yeah, couldn't live without. Yeah. So uh, I guess think of it more like your favorite, yeah, favorite food and drink. Yeah. I mean, you got to beer pretty quickly, so yeah. you might need you might need some solid stuff to go with the beer. <laughs> In general, I don't get munchies or anything when drinking. I'm, no, I'm, you don't. It it's true. It's so I can survive yeah. on beer, especially this kind, but which is healthy. Whole hard, grains. Hardy, hardy. Yeah. yeah. So that for sure. For a snack next to it.
I would know I what I'd bring. I'm stuck at beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't stop thinking about beer. <laughs> Lots of beer. Do you have an answer already? We'll, we'll yeah. come back to you. We'll see if you can think. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Before I started brewing, uh, I was also at the board of this uh, student bar. Um, uh, if you like beer, you, you're going to be a bartender. You get into the board. And when the bar closed, I got their archive closet. It was this big iron uh, archive thing. And I got it at my home uh, as a relic and now I age beers in it. Um, I put them away, these big bottles, yeah. to age for like five years and yeah. then the flavor develops. It's so delicious. So I would bring all of those, my <laughs> whole collection to Valhalla. Yeah. I also yeah. like uh, like a good glass of whiskey, so I would also bring all my whiskeys. Yeah. And uh, I would bring lots of cheese and sausage and bread and stew and oh that would going to be like a yeah a, a party of weeks of eating and drinking and yeah oh we need some music there as well and <laughs> don't normally do music we can throw music in if you like yeah sure music it would be like what uh, band are you taking to <laughs> what bands into valhalla yeah. whoa yeah something happy and uh joyous like yeah, I, I like medieval music yeah as long as people can go dancing and have fun and we i mean i would be throwing the biggest party ever <laughs> with and i'd want more my friends to be there and yeah that's when I die. I want people to go into my cabinets and get all the booze and drink on me, have yeah. a toast on me, yeah. and I want them to drink all my best. I mean. Except for the ones you're taking. Yeah, except <laughs> for the ones I've taken. Yeah, those ones. that would be. I would leave some for my for the people leaving behind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my answer. Yeah. I actually thought on that question sometimes. Like, yeah, if I die, I want people to get all my booze and just get drunk after the funeral. Yeah. Do we have a food yet, Nils? No. No. I'm still stuck at her party, just enjoying my beer. <laughs> you just come to <laughs> my no party. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All food is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, You'll take whatever they've got there already. I reckon yeah. everyone brings the best. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have a choice. Yeah. Enjoy the party mm. there. Okay. You'll just yeah. uh, ensure yeah. that the beer is good. Yes. Yeah, just sat in the corner with the beer. Just. <laughs> Sounds good though. Yeah. That would be my heaven. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, it's a shame I'm not going to taste your beer because I'm off to Denmark tomorrow. But mm, yeah. On the way back, yeah. you can drop by. Maybe. Maybe that's an idea. Are you let me know if it's good uh, first. Through the Netherlands. No, no, no. no that's I think we are. Yeah. There is that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're coming back roughly this way. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I perhaps take a little detour. <laughs> yeah. Detour and come and try the beer. Yeah, we'll yeah. put some in bottles. Just yeah, we're going to bottle some of it. Other people were interested, so yeah, there will be some. <laughs> yeah, say, I'm definitely going to have to try it myself. Um, yeah, you should. Yeah. It, yeah, and it's it's so much fun to only the process itself of drawing up. How the hell am I going to do it? Yeah, and just then, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. 
uh, when we started, when I started talking to other people about what we we're, were going to do, well, we got this historian involved, but also mm. some other people who said, oh, you should look at this or you should look at that. And uh, uh, a friend borrowed me a book about uh, the, the history of beer in general. And that kind of, with all the knowledge that was added, we were able uh, to mm. get this all together. So the more people that think about it, the better. Yeah. Are you yeah, able to let, like, once it's finished, are you, can you give samples to people that visit the museum or? Samples, yes, we can't yeah. sell it. And yeah, no. sure. Big gift cups. Yeah. And no. we also can't guarantee anything. Yeah. So it's also, yeah, it's um, risk. yeah. We wouldn't be allowed to give out samples in England. Wouldn't be allowed. We would, we can only do it on people's own risk. And yeah. With this beer, because it's uh, there's myrtle added to it, uh, we should, with women, be aware that they are not trying to get pregnant or are pregnant because myrtle does something to the fertility. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it's not that yeah. it, but but it, in huge amount it was also used as a contraception, I yeah. think. So they should be careful with it. Yeah. But yeah, we can let people try, but <laughs> on risk. Mm. <laughs> Not if Nils doesn't drink it all first. Yeah. If it's good. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, you should let other people <laughs> have it first. <laughs> but then again, yesterday I was the first to try the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, no, actually it tasted nice. When we uh, were finished yesterday and it cooled off a little bit, I just stick in a spoon and yeah. had a bite. Yeah. And it was really nice, but all the... Um, uh, the grains and their little uh, the yeah, the, husk. the husk, yeah, the husks. Yeah. They stuck in my mouth and I was chewing on it for like five minutes. <laughs> it was disgusting, but the flavor was really good actually. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. real nice. So mm. let's hope the beer is going to be as nice as uh, it, it, it was yesterday. Well, thank you both for recording with me. It was. Uh, Last minute decision almost, wasn't it? But, uh, <laughs> but it was fun. For joining our brew day. Yeah. It's fun, yeah. yeah it keeps me out of the rain. It's fun to have you here. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, I'll see you next time. Goodbye. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to hear more, remember to like and subscribe and give me a rating. For recipes and ideas, visit my website, saxonforager.co.uk. I also have three cookbooks available to buy on Amazon worldwide. These are Eat Like a Viking Volumes 1 and 2 and Eat Like a Halfling. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, remember to like and subscribe and give the show a rating. You can also help keep the show going by becoming a Patreon where you'll get early access to all episodes. Or check out my range of merch on my store. Links are in the episode description. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 